Hello and welcome to the Maidcast, the official podcast of the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment. A series of lectures on video game history as part of the Maid's ongoing effort to preserve history through teaching and displaying playable exhibits of rare games and consoles. While life in the COVID has forced us to close our doors, the support of people like you has allowed us to continue to bring history to you through lectures like the one you hear in a few minutes. Wait, we don't have lectures today. Not today. You're going to do a little bit of a deep dive into the news today. Uh, if you want to hear more from us. But first, the actual introduction. At the top, we had one and only Miles. Howdy. And then after that, we have our very intense and marvelous Chun. Hey, how's it going? And then we we have our resident sniper and high-class samurai, Anthony. Couldn't have introduced me any better. Howdy. Okay, I, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad it's satisfied. And then uh, you. And then there's me. I'm red. Uh, good to good to see y'all. Man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. But news: uh, League of Legends was originally gonna uh, introduce a TV series based on two of their heroes uh, and how they got their powers, and then the rift that forged between them. It's an interesting thing that they're going to do. I mean, with the fan base that they have for League of Legends, I think it's going to go very, very far. Let's just say as soon as they don't go Hollywood version League of Legends with real person, I'm okay with that. Well, then unfortunately, Riot Games' career page had two new roles being advertised for global head of live action TV and global head of live action film. Aha, stay away from me. (laughs) I mean, we'll see. I mean, with the animated TV show, I believe they got signed with Netflix for. Uh, I think that'll be very good. I mean, it's just another champion thing. You can't believe how my face looks like a while ago when I heard there's there's got to be a, a live action Gundam on Netflix. It's just I, I think we remembered your face from the, a couple weeks ago with that. But uh, like, there is like. Live action with sacred animated and game related uh, things hasn't quite always worked out. I mean, I know Jake Gyllenhaal did his best with the Assassin's Creed movie, but <laughs> no, that was um, oh we don't God, talk who about was that anymore? Oh no, that was the Sands of Time. Sorry, that was yeah, Prince Jake of Gyllenhaal Persia. did Prince of Persia. Yeah, uh, Michael Fassbender did Assassin's Creed. I mean, honestly, it's just it's getting into more of like semantics, but. Prince of Persia, Santa Time, that was Assassin's Creed. Before Assassin's Creed was Assassin's Creed. That was the real Assassin's Creed. That was the real Assassin's Creed. I played the Santa Time to no end. I loved the crap out of that game. I think I may have almost like burnt out my big old bricky PS2 doing it. It was a very fun game. Again, didn't quite translate as well to the big screen. Same with the other movies that have come out in recent years. But we were mentioning this before we got on the air. Games are so expensive to make now. Yeah. That that's why people are doing like the microtransactions and trying to get out and I mean Riot has a League of Legends digital K-pop band that has some pretty decent bangers and they apparently they've been making Riot a lot of money. Talking about adapting games to television or movies. League of Legends lore at least back when I played, you know, 3 4 years ago mm-hmm. was kind of a joke. Yeah. You know, every time a new champion came out, the the ongoing meme that was generally kind of accurate was, oh, this champion has a dark and mysterious past. Yes. You know, they're, 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 ta- they're grappling with dark forces beyond their control and, you know, whatever else. It's like when all your characters, when you have 
God, how many are there? Like almost 200 now? <laughs> yeah. For a game that relies so heavy on mechanics and like gameplay, there's not a lot of breathing room for you to like take in the ambiance and hear the backstory. There's there's not a whole lot of story missions that you have with a game like League. I think they have been they have been changing the the backstory of a lot of heroes for quite a while. And from what I've know when I was still playing, I think it's about season two. And when I take a look of the of the champions now, they're not really the same. Some actually got reworked at very heavy. Yeah, uh, it's. I think that's also just going back to the fact that it. I mean, the game itself was not like character story heavy, but they're just uh, changing mechanics, and so that the characters can fit better into the meta of the gameplay. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe this uh, TV universe. It's just. Says it's centered around two heroes. So if they do that exit with the uh, animated show, we will get a little bit of an actual backstory. As soon as they fight, I think I think it, it should be fine. Uh, we've seen sort of the prototype of this with the Dota anime that came out on Netflix. Yes, yes, that's a little taster, a little taste. It seems like based on just the very little that I'm hearing, the the League of Legends live action show is going to be sort of along a similar line of oh, this is the two title characters from League of Legends versus the, oh, this is the famous characters from Dota. If I remember correctly, the Dota anime was just okay. Yes, but also having a show be just okay is better than being bad with, is necessarily the history of video game Mm -hmm. media outside of the games themselves. So it's a step in the right direction. So at least it wasn't like offensive to anybody or like offensive to any of the fans. It was like, oh, it's not... I didn't hear a giant, this is terrible, leaf. So you're doing something right Mm -hmm. over at the Dota Studios. But I think that's a little bit of enough with what's going on with with Riot in League of Legends. I think the only thing we got to talk about at this point, a little bit of, uh, we talked about it a little bit, but Epic's big investment into their store and how they've been, quote unquote, losing a bunch of money. But they reframed it as... uh, it's an investment. Uh, it's an investment into the future. It's not just losing money or dumping tons of money. So, I'm not talking to anyone, but if you if you earn this, if you earn it back, it's an investment. If you don't, <laughs> then it's a screw up. <laughs> so we'll see how it does. If Epic has some great sales that rival Steam sales, I may check it out. Yeah. yeah, so far, like 90% of my friends are still using Steam. And they the only reason they're using Epic Store is because they have free game. Yes. And that's yes. that's all of it. That's the only reason why they'll be there. And Rocket League. They, hey, don't don't diss Rocket League with that. I mean, in my opinion, it is the it is like the ninja mixer situation that Epic did with Rocket League. It's like, oh, we got Rocket League. Oh, I guess you can't buy it on Steam anymore. Hmm. Sorry. It's okay. It'll be happy. That's enough news for now because now to get why you all tuned into this episode, we're going to have a little chat with our hosts. So, to get us started into this, Miles, what's your what's your favorite game and why? Oh, there's no good answer for this question ever. Um, my favorite game is probably Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Mm. It's a fantastic game. The music I love to death. 
the the gameplay is just always fun. I always love the art style. It was one of the first like real console games I ever played. I had played Pokemon. I had played some PC games before that. Like I did not know what I was going to get. It was perfect. It was back then. It was the perfect game. It I got it and. It really was, I wasn't a Nintendo fan, but every time I saw my buddy play it, it was one of my best friend's games like that he loved. Blue, like the art style just blew me away mm-hmm. immediately. And like you said, the, the soundtrack of many Zelda games, they just really get into do it. So was that also because you liked the, the sound and stuff and the music with the game, is that also what ended up getting you into wanting you to get into sound? As well, like it's not for games. Not not that game in particular. This is gonna be kind of a stupid story. The Star Wars prequels had come out. And mm. I had them all on DVD with all of the bonus features. And as you do when you're homesick, you just start watching bonus features from movies you like. And I watched the the special feature for Attack of the Clones that was about Ben Burt and his process in making all the sound effects for the clone troopers and, you know, all the, the spaceships and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I only live a couple miles from Ben Burt. I'm in that area. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's really cool. And I was like, wow, he's just doing that stuff in my backyard. It, yeah, it's like, a wasn't the, the main laser sound, if I remember correctly, that was just like hitting a metal rod on like a, a extended telephone pole wire yeah he was hitting he was hitting a uh, telephone cable or like a like a fence line out in nevada somewhere mm-hmm. uh, just like with a wrench and put a microphone on it and i just thought that was the coolest job in the world yeah and then i forgot about it for about 10 years mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and then you As know it happens cue me in my sophomore year of college i need to figure out what i'm doing and i just start doing cinema because, you know, I like movies. And then I remembered that special feature and I was like, wait a minute, that's something I could do. I know how sound works. I like music and I like yes. making noises with my stupid mouth. Yes. And so I started doing that and I was like, wow, this is actually a lot of fun. I'm going to do this. And so then I just went from there. And getting into games was kind of just the evolution of that. But so that's so, that's about it. Like, I just sort okay. of, I moved from general cinema like writing and and screenwriting and and directing and stuff i realized i did not want to direct very quickly moved over to sound for for film and then just sort of hopped the fence over to uh sound for games and oh yeah haven't really left Uh, any aspirations for the future about games and what you want to see like in 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 cinema there's this acknowledgement that the sound makes the movie in gaming there is a similar understanding that if you turn off the sound you're missing something but a lot of people still do it i know that i do like even i as a mm-hmm. sound designer i play games on mute i just listen to music mm-hmm. i watch a movie i do whatever while i'm playing a game and i think that a game that really takes advantage of sound that really like captures your attention with it is kind of rare i think the last game that really made me sit up and say wow that sounds rad was doom and it's not just because the music i mean the music was rad and i loved it but it was also just like the soundscapes like the way the world sounded the way all the all the violence was like it was just over the top it was cartoonish and it was so visceral and i was just like i could not turn it off thank you miles for letting us pry into your mind next up Sir Anthony, we're going to be asking you kind of the same questions. What is your favorite game? Ooh. 
off the top of my head, I would immediately say Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. Uh, I, I, that game had the most profound effect on me because uh, it, it just blew my mind. I'm like, wow, this is a game. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I had no idea about Metal Gear before I played it. And so I'm thinking this is some kind of like siphon filter type, you know, action game, like super cookie cutter, generic. And then yeah. I discover like, wow, there's a whole story to this. There's like all these <laughs> unnecessary exposition dumps and dialogue and there's 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 a lot of passion in this and and it really uh, resonated with me and it really blew my mind it made me a huge fan of of kojima i would yeah i would say that's one of my favorite games of all time that's a pretty good that's a pretty good entry i gotta say that uh was that also like with the dialogue and stuff is that game in particular also kind of why you wanted to get into the sound or is sound design more just another passion of yours I've been a band geek, so I've played instruments throughout school. When I finished high school, I kind of had a falling out with video games. I was just thinking like, oh man, video games are just a distraction and they're pointless. Mm. Even though I grew up, some of my earliest memories involve video games. And Mm -hmm. then it it wasn't until I had this kind of uh, rediscovering of Mass Effect. I, I replayed Mass Effect 2 it sort of made me fall in love with video games. I'm like, wow, I'm missing out. Like, this is just huge and profound. And it it made me think like, okay, you know, I know a bit about music. There's career possibilities where you can merge your interests with games, with music and audio. Just sort of fusion-ha your uh, (laughs) interests. and, And there you go. You know, you'll never be bored. Well, that's fantastic. I know you said you got really into Mass Effect 2. Is there any other like particular game or any like moment in your gaming history where you said it's like, wow, this is beautiful? Kind of like, or like just got sucked in because of the sound as well? Recently, um, I played The Last Guardian. Ooh. And that game made me feel really emotional. I don't know. Like, I have this sort of like knack for kind of sniffing out passion within a game like yeah you, you you can and i'm pretty sure most of you probably have that same feeling too but like you know you can just tell when you know someone really pours their whole like heart and soul into into a game into a vision and and when it finally comes together you know it just hits you and you're just like wow like that's so profound that's this very powerful and yeah mm-hmm. to me that was uh the last guardian it's so simple, but the simplicity is what really, really hits you uh, emotionally. Good sound design doesn't mean a lot. Doesn't need to mean like a lot of different things going on. Good sound design is skilled placement within a story. The same as the same as it was in like film. It's just like a, a choice needs to be made in what you're trying to focus on, and sometimes less is more. Yes, I love that saying. <laughs> It's a, I think that's a good example of, I think Last Guardian does a really beautiful job. And also the thing that, one thing about Last Guardian, they really nailed the footfalls of the giant creature. Yeah. It really made it visceral, like in, in the headphones to me, to hearing, hearing the steps of those. I was, oh man, that's pretty crazy. Brilliant, but brilliant. Do game. you have, yes, uh, is there any aspirations that you have 
uh, for the future of games and what you'd want to do and what you want to see? Yeah. Um, as far as my own personal aspirations, um, I would love to work on a AAA game. I mean, I'm just sort of shooting for for the stars here. You know, I I, I oh, would absolutely. love to like be a producer, like produce a, um, a AAA game or and be oh, involved yeah. in, in, in one. Um, so that's sort of like my huge kind of uh, uh, goal there. Thank you, Anthony, for spilling your beans and spilling your guts on this podcast. We're going to throw it over to Chun. Uh-huh. What's your favorite game? Don't say Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest, it's a, it's a very difficult question. But let me f- first talk about what games do I start playing first. Although I, I would not say they're my, my favorite because I, I have another favorite area for that. But I have been very active on remembering game music since I was a since I was very very young and I always remember the music of the game like uh, the Pokemon which is the very first game I've ever played there comes the the Phoenix Wright I can never forget that music when you say objection yeah <laughs> not talking objection. About, yeah that objection <laughs> is is also a very good sound design and then I I do also play the the Mega Man Battle Network. Yes. yes. Battle Network 3 theme music has also been yeah. permanently stuck in my These brain. These are the games that I, I play in my <laughs> early days and I really like the music. But I have to say they're not my favorite. I didn't really realize what I like is game music until I played Monster Hunter Portable. Ah, mm-hmm. So my, my moment that I start falling in love with game music is... The moment when they start playing the proof of hero music in the background and i was like this is so good after that i become more serious on studying on music i didn't start out to be an audio guy i begin with more music people musician until i go into college and people start asking me hey can you work me some music i say okay i would do it and then people come start asking hey can you do the sound effects too and i say okay i would do it I haven't done it before though and I actually start like doing this kind of stuff and here's where I start to be an audio guy and start doing more sound designs, doing more implementation and that's how I get into this area. Of course, as you say, Final Fantasy is good. But, <laughs> but yes, it I is. love it. That's it. It no, and it's yeah. yeah and it, it's like, not no, like there's no not yet, no need to justify what you love. There's always I mean, a, a special a, a special space for most Hunter series in my heart. Just that, mm-hmm. just how much that game is has has made an impact on me. Can I ask you? Do you think that you're would an aspiration for you to be to work on? A Monster Hunter game or like take some sort of lead on one of those? Or what is your aspirations for the gaming future? You know, it's difficult in that case because you don't know you want to work on your favorite game or not sometimes. On one hand, you want to see, okay, let's say if you work on it, it's kind of lost that kind of surprise feeling when you ever play a new Monster Hunter game. I sometimes fear about it, but... If you ask me, do you want to work on that? 
I will probably say yes. You know, <laughs> and there's another thing that I always want to try or experiment in some games. Eventually, it's the the three D audio. We all know that there's a lot of different different ways approach to three D audio, like ambisonics or just panning left or right. That's the most simple way, but it's actually not that not that simple, but. Uh, if we start talking about it here, it's, it's gonna take another episode. So probably not digging too deep into that. But what I want to try is the the binaural audio because I haven't seen it to be used in games, and I understand it because unlike ambisonics and other stuff, it's not as easy to reproduce, and your head, your the location of your head cannot be moved when using binaural microphone. Or just general binaural uh, audio, but I feel like there should be a way that you can work around it and make it to be used in game, and that's where I want to experiment on it. That I mean, that's just I mean, make, makes my ears tickle hearing you talk about it. I mean, because that would just be because fantastic the, to be it, able to. It is just way more realistic compared to. I'm not saying Amazonic is not good, but. It's 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 just more realistic, and yeah, and I, I mean the, the the crazy microphones that you see of literally just two molded ears. I'm not a listening. I'm not a horror game f- fans, but imagine if you play mm-hmm. a horror game, and they have they have binaural audio in the game. Uh, I, I'm not. I wouldn't play those. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't play that. Just having someone whisper over my shoulder, I'm like I'm good, I'm good. Okay, turn it off. <laughs> I'm done. That's too. That's too real. Yeah. That's too real. <laughs> that is the. Uh, that is the. Well, that is what I want to experiment in the future. If I have got a chance, that'll be what I want to do. Well, you can just try and set up two microphones in the same positioning as the ears, and then maybe check it out. Maybe make your own binaural microphone. <laughs> huh. Oh my god, that's right. that's another area. That's another one. Alrighty. Well, it's time to flip it back on you, Red. Okay. Yeah, we've got to flip it back to you. Tell us about your favorite game. Mm, favorite games. Uh, my initial favorite game, it, it was the first ma- major console game that I ever had. It was Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh, no, sorry. Kingdom Hearts 1 was the first console game that I had. And so I just fell in love with the first Kingdom Hearts, but then playing Kingdom Hearts to like revitalize it. It's like, oh, you can expand a world and like really do an epic sequel. But and also just the music involved. Uh, uh, I loved Kingdom Hearts. Uh, it's a sore subject now because after the release of three, um, it kind of broke my soul a little bit. But um, I got to say, in recent memory, my favorite game still uh, probably Skyrim. Uh, Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim. The beauty of that game at the time, like playing it, seeing just the epic grandness of the world, the very, like just the tastefulness of the soundtrack. And it really, it really drew me in and like made me fall in love with an immersive world like that. Just a place where you can lose yourself and, I've gotten lost in Skyrim so many times just wandering around and like just looking at things because it's so encapsulating and 
it's blown me away. And I still try and find that in many other games that I play since. Just listening for the the sweet sounds. There, there, one little sound effect, like as you're driving along and you crash into something, or like a falling sound effect, just that, like any, like just the little things. The just the little things get me. I mean, because like even, even with a game so big as that, the little, the little janky features and the little, like little, kind of janky uh, sound guards or not sound guards, but you know, little janky lines that would keep repeating because an NPC was stuck in a corner and then he would like reintroduce him. You'll walk out and see it. It's, it really caught my eye. Well, both of your examples have kind of famously good audio or um, at mm-hmm. least music. I know Skyrim's yeah. audio is a bit janky at times, but that's sort of why we love it. Especially mm-hmm. some of the, the uh, line reads. Uh, yes. Is that, are those examples of games that sort of got you into sound? Kind of, yes. Um, they, they got me more interested in it. Um, I gotta say, Kingdom Hearts was a little bit more of a uh, interest for me. Uh, part of me, I want to do more, is for, I want to do some sound for games, but I'd also really love to get into the voice acting side of games just because I like the level of depth you go into with a character in a game. In a game is not just like a performative aspect like you're doing on a show or anything. But finding out that Haley Joel Osment was only like 11 when he first did the first Kingdom Hearts and I was just like a few years younger, I was like, oh, oh it's a kid doing the voice? I know oh that. Oh, my God. I know that too. I was like, I could be it. And so that like got me inspired. Uh, that got that inspired me to want to do some more of this, uh, but I never, I didn't really think it was a possibility to do sound for games until I got up, uh, went to college at SF State. Um, I really didn't think it was going to be that like I, until I got into got into the radio side of things because I just liked sound in general, and I was like, yeah, I want to do the radio side of things on campus, and then I'm like, oh. They're starting up. When I got into it, they started to do the sound for games class. I was in like the first, the first two sessions of those classes, and yeah, I fell in love with it. It was I really, really enjoyed it. Um, met some great people, and getting to see a look behind the scenes, uh, at least a little bit of like the little development, made made me just want to do it more. It's uh, the self motivation thing. Trying to work on on uh, it's been. Just working on doing stuff on my own and having an idea and executing it. It's like I work great when I'm in a team and I have people semi-relying on me. But if I'm doing anything for myself, I'm just like, oh, later. Well, then later. But it's like, no, I, I enjoy it and I have fun. Just actually being around people that were interested in sound and doing the sound design. and Sound design is just really caught me and I really wanted to do it. And I had a lot of fun. It's fun working in kitchen, playing with foods. Yes. When you have a good reason of doing that. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, but uh, that's pretty much like, that's pretty much it for me wanting to do like sound. It's just, it just seems like the type of environment that I want to be surrounded in. I want to create sounds. I want to create soundscapes. I want to, you know, 
get people involved and connected to the piece of media. What what about your aspirations? What are your aspirations for games? This is only like a bit of a recent thing in some of the games that I've played. NPC voice acting. The levels of like certain games, just for like two games as an example. Like the NPCs in Red Dead Redemption, uh, Red Dead 2, have story loops within themselves. They can be like 20 minutes of following them, walking with them. They have lines. They, they, they are developed characters that just add just add to the world and make you feel much more a part of it. Make it feel less like a game at certain points and more just like you're playing through just a unique story. Because I think video games can tell a story a lot better than some movies and TV shows can just because they aren't necessarily limited with the same time frame as those. Some of the more like I some of the most touching stories that I've ever seen or like experienced have been through video games and not through like TV or movies. So I think the level of sound and like respecting that in the future will be the more people kind of like appreciate the sound design and then the audio and just voice acting involved in certain games too, treating them like actors, treating it more like a scene can lend itself even better because they already have some of the best stories to tell some of the most unique environments to check out. I love games. Uh, I love them and I love everything about them. And they just really, they tug on the heartstrings like no other. Um, And I think that's something that we can all look forward to. This has been a very fun episode. Like, I hope we can maybe do something like this in the future. This has been great to get to know you guys and your motivations as well throughout doing this podcast. But I think it's about time for us to be sending off. So thank you for listening to the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment's official podcast. If you have any thoughts, questions, corrections, or general museum ideas, shoot us an email at info at We'd like to send a big thank you to everyone who donated recently and to our Patreon supporters who keep the made afloat. Patreon donors get to listen to this podcast one week before it's released on major streaming services, and we'll continue that with future episodes every week. Till then, I'm Miles. I'm Anthony. I'm Ken. I'm Red. Uh, and before we go, a big thank you to the Bade and everybody there for allowing us to do this podcast. Uh, it's a great group of people uh, with a great mission, and we we are very happy to be helping them out and doing this for them. Thank you. See you next time.